Hello and welcome to this special E3 2017 edition of the Indie by Design podcast. This episode is hosted by both Stace Harmon and John Robertson and will feature us chatting about a slice of the indie game showing at this year's E3 event as well as pulling out some of the games that have caught our eyes over the course of the show. So to that end, John, uh, what have you made of the last few days? Um... I think it's interesting. There weren't, there haven't really been too many surprises, to be honest. Um, and some of the better games, or some of the more visible games, at least, have been the ones from either bigger indie indie studios or sequels to games that we all know, we already know about. Which is, you know, I suppose that's par for the course for E three. It's not really mm. the kind of place where kind of the small, tiny unknown developers um kind of make their mark and and even if even if those sort of people are there then they, they're often sort of drowned out by the the sort of crash bangs and that are made by you know the the big platform holders the big publishers the big indie game studios the big publishers that are working with indie game studios um so yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, there's, there's been interesting games, and it's nice to see that a lot of game, a lot of indie games, made it into uh, most, if not all, of the of the big, um, the sort of major press conferences, and certainly the Sony yeah, and Microsoft yeah. one had a bunch of indie games, and EA had a way out, um, which was the first show of E3, so. So yeah, I mean, it's nice to see indie games on 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 that big stage. Mm. I think, I mean, it, it's like yeah, like you say, often the ones that you see are the ones that the the publishers are making a big deal of, and they're the ones that appear in the in the show reels. Um, at least for this, at least for this week, whilst E three is going on, I think that you you often get like the smaller things come out in sort of the the aftermath of E three, don't they? Like the you know where people have actually had a chance to sit down and take a breath and start writing about some of the stuff they sh- they saw on the show floor. Um, mm. And I know when, like, both of us have been to E3 in the past, and it's it's that, that week of E3, you were just kind of uh, scrabbling scrambling to kind of keep your head above water and just get stuff out yeah. there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, well, it's, it's yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's... <laughs> It's twenty. Well, yeah, from both from both the, the game, the developer and publisher side, and from the journalist side, it's um, it's a scramble to get get your stuff seen. Um, mm. Mm. Um, you know, as a as a journalist, you're seeing fifteen, twenty games in a day for you know fifteen, twenty minutes each, and you know, at the end of the day, you've got to try to write about something and. You know, it's hard enough to remember what you've even seen rather than uh, to actually, you know, put some coherent thoughts down on paper. And you're not going to write, you're not going to write 15 games, are you? In one, not going to write about 15 games in one day. So you're only really going to do the stuff that sticks out or the stuff that your editor tells you is vital. So Mm. indie games have a kind of, they're at a bit of a disadvantage there because if you've seen Destiny 2 and. Uh, Uncharted DLC in one day, and then you on that same day you've also seen you know Ruiner and 
grifflands it's you know yeah. you might not have time to write about those so. yeah i think it does it makes it does amuse me kind of the 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 big slick presentations that you get or the, even the big slick kind of image that you have of e3 which on one level it definitely is the public facing stuff is that but it is amusing to kind of remember back behind the scenes of when you are going to those appointments and you're traipsing from one hall to the next and yeah then like you say at the end of the day you're kind of then sat there you've wolfed down some some uh, highly nutritious fast food and then yeah, you're just kind five of five hour energy drink yeah and it's like it's, it's a quite a uh, dichotomy of these two things of yeah it's like one of the biggest shows well the biggest video game show i guess uh, on earth and then yeah the, the behind the scenes it's just one of those um duck things on you know paddling furiously underneath while you you glide serenely on yeah top. but yeah, yeah it's, uh, i mean it's i suppose yeah, in terms of what was shown at the press conferences, I mean, it was nice to see the, the uh, sort of indie games there on showreels and stuff, but there wasn't, certainly compared to the past, there wasn't so much kind of in-person or sort of in-depth stuff. Like, mm, mm. Um, you know, in the past, idea Xbox and that Chris Charles come out on stage, he's been talking for a while, and mm. in the past we've had Devolver um, talk about a whole bunch of stuff and have their developers on stage and... Um, obviously, uh, not gone home. Um, Hello Games with No Man's mm. Sky was a big mm-hmm. one. I mean, maybe Sony got burnt on that, and now they don't want any indie games people <laughs> people talking about indie games live on. Back stage in your anymore. box, yeah. We gave you yeah. a chance. Get back in your box. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose. Oh well, a way out. I mean, um, uh, what's his name? Joseph Farris. Mm-hmm. He he came out on stage onto the um, in the EA EA show, which. Which is kind of, you know, goes against what I've just said. So, you know, that, that sort of stuff was there in, to some degree this mm, year as well. Mm. That was, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? I think that there's been a lot of focus on how that, con- how A Way Out contrasts with the previous title, Brothers. And I guess it's the, um, it's an obvious thing to look at the two games and say, well, they look very different. And one, you know, is very much looks like an indie game. Another one looks like it could be a, as a result of a big triple a studio but and i wonder like do you do you get the impression is that anything to do with the fact that it is backed so heavily by ea like there's there's ea Um, money in that or have they just been more ambitious and thought well why can't we make a a fully 3d third person escape them up or whatever it's going to yeah yeah so yeah the idea of the game is um it's a two player split screen couch co-op um game in which one each player plays a, their own character these these two mm. characters that are trying to break out of jail um yeah i don't know it's probably it's probably a mix of both i'm guessing that um faris went to faris came up with this idea and then couldn't fund it uh, himself so maybe went sort of scouting around for um, publisher, publisher money to make it happen, mm. and then mm. EA, EA liked the idea. Um, I mean, yeah, like as you say, it does look very polished. Um, the certainly the scenes. So some of what they showed was inside the prison, and these two guys trying to escape. And um, I don't know what the guy's relationship is. I mean, it'll be, it'll be you know humorous i suppose if if they were brothers just um yeah i don't know i think they from what i could gather they 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 both know the same 
they have a, a mutual acquaintance, I think. And one of the guys who has just come into prison, um, this third party has wronged him in some way, killed somebody mm. that he loves or whatever it might be. And the other guy that's already in prison, um, Vince, I think his name is, uh, he also knows this guy. And there's there's kind of, I think they both have been wronged by the same guy. So they're sort of, right. although they don't have much in common on the surface in terms of perhaps their lifestyles or their backgrounds, they have this kind of shared, this shared enemy, as it were. So they're kind of right. teaming up to, to do that. And it's worth noting, actually, that, yeah, like you say, it's two player and it's, it's two player only. Like there is no, there is yeah. no single player option, here, yeah. um, which is... I think it's a it's brave. It means obviously not not as many people will play it. Probably it may mm-hmm. actually be that double the number of people play it, but probably not. <laughs> not as many people will play it. But it's it's nice to have that that real strong focus. Where you know we've had a lot of time of um, an awful lot of games for many many years of that are very heavily single player triple uh, A games, Uncharted, The Last of Us, those kinds of things that then have a multiplayer element stuck onto them. Mm. And it's nice to have that kind of built from the ground up thing as being a co-op. There is no, oh, you're just this uh, this sort of anonymous player too. You are actually a proper player that inhabits, a, a proper character that inhabits the world. Mm. Um, and it's going to be, it is, it's couch co-op as you mentioned, but it's going to be online as well. So I think you, you will oh, theoretically okay. be able to play with a stranger yeah. as well as a, uh, a friend. And that would be... That'd be interesting. I don't know if there'll be like some sort of notion of personal goals for your own character that might sort of run counter to you working together. It'd be interesting yeah. to see how they how they balance that. Yeah, well, I wonder if... Um, um, I mean, based on what they showed and that idea of um, co-op and the story kind of plays out in parallel and also there are sequences where it looks like you're, you're actually very much together mm. doing exactly mm. the same thing. Like they showed a scene where... There was they were being chased by someone and they were in a car and they were getting away and it was you know that was very very uncharted mm, mm, but yeah, sort of co-op sure. uncharted yeah. style. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious to how how the narrative pacing is going to work because if there's two people doing things and say one person has to achieve something and another person has to achieve something in order for the the plot point to progress, mm. then how does how does that work on a sort of pacing level does if one person can figure out their bit but the other person can't does it hold up for everyone or is it mm. or is it like broken down into very 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 tiny chunks so that those sort of long gaps between the uh, individual goals can't ever really occur like you know everyone's yeah. both characters have to do things within a few seconds of each other and it's very obvious what you have to do all the time so that that those sort of pauses because that would ruin the that would ruin any sort of sense of connection or whatever because then then you'd feel like you very much are just playing two independent games yeah yeah and you're just waiting for the other person to flick the switch or whatever it might be yeah Yeah. i mean there was a couple of things on along those lines there was a couple of things from the the trailers or the trailer that stuck out i think one of them was that and it may have just been the way the trailer was shot but i don't know it felt like it's going to be a lot of um, sort of self-contained scenarios. I don't know how much coherence there is in terms of you walking around the prison and then you go into this area where you have to do something together and then you go off and do something else. It felt like you were mm. kind of being thrust into these scenarios. And that, as, as I say, it may have just been the way that they showed the gameplay, that it's kind of they were showing bits that were easy to highlight where the cooperative elements might come in um but yeah it will be interesting to see how they handle that is it just one massive kind of 
open not open world per se but open game where these scenarios are set up um as you progress through the story or is it literally you're in this like divided into levels almost that you're in this bit mm. now you're in this bit now you're in this yeah bit. yeah um, no i i imagine it'll be the divided thing i can't mm. i can't think how else they would they would kind of intelligently bring bring that idea of this being like a cohesive thing together like mm. it kind of looked like you know there were elements of like the 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 modern telltale games in there but there was some more exp- there did seem to be some more exploration than that as well like you could go mm. off the beaten the beaten path a little bit more but yeah. you know it's hard to tell i mean we've only seen a few minutes of it yeah yeah there was a there was a thing like I, it, I did notice one bit where i think one of the characters is moving around being controlled and the other one is in a cutscene. so mm. there's that kind of asynchronous storytelling going on where one yeah. person is experiencing something the other one isn't it reminded me a little bit that particular element of it reminded me a little bit of how um how they handled the co-op in dead space 3 where um i don't know if you played any of that but they you were two different characters and it was a bit clumsy and i think mm. i read something years afterwards that said it was never really intended to be set up the way that it was and they just had to cobble it together sort of not last minute but kind of not mm. ideally in the way they wanted to but there was there were two characters in that um isaac clark being one and i don't remember what the other dude's name was some big strapping soldier guy mm. and he had hallucinations at some point so he would kind of from the point of the player who was playing as isaac clark would sort of collapse to his knees and just be there sort of dazed and he would then re- he'd retreat into his own mind yeah. so the isaac clark player would have probably invariably have to protect him against the waves of enemies that then turned up and the other player who was this other dude john carver or something his name was um would then have to play his sort of fever dream uh, yeah. and so you were both playing at the same time but you were both playing slightly different bits of gameplay so i don't know it, i mean it wasn't the most elegant of solutions but it it did no. mean it did get around that thing of you know, like the person who was isaac clark wasn't just stood there going right so you know are you are you nearly done or what like what's going on i'm just sort of stood it so it's hopefully it's a bit more of a sophisticated version of yeah something along those lines well it looks more filmic this one in the sense of you know it's very normal in films to have you know the way films are edited so that the same the same scene is often shown from two or three different perspectives as it edits through characters' perspectives of, mm. of that same event. I mean, that that could be an interesting mm. way of handling this if you're showing those two things on screen at the same time. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it looks it looks promising anyway. I mean, it's certainly an interesting, interesting on a conceptual level and to see how that plays out. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um and then so I think moving from from that, there's a game that was announced a while ago, uh, but that has just received a release date called Matterfall from um, Housemark. Mm-hmm. And Housemark are a really interesting developer to me. They uh, they've done a lot of things that that I've played of theirs, and they've done I think um, they did Alienation and Dead Nation and Resogun. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, quite a while ago, they did a game called Outland, which was um, kind of a. It was a platformer, but the easiest way I can the, the sort of the central hook of it was the mechanic from Ikaruga, where you could switch right, colors yeah. to be able to absorb. I think you absorbed bullet. I don't know if you absorb bullets or just when people hit you, if you were the right color, then it didn't hurt you or something like that. 
Um, so they've they've had some interesting ideas that you kind of I feel like you see some of their progression. So definitely from alienation and um, and dead between alienation and dead nation, there's a lot of similarities. And alienation is just a much it's just a much better version really of dead nation. Like it's it's I think better in every in every way. But the this metaphor seems to have borrowed not borrowed but seems to have, have progressed some of the ideas that they've used previously. Um, mm. The, yeah. the the whole voxel thing it looks like the enemies from the from the the, the announcement trailer looks like the enemies are going to be made of, of voxels which worked to good effect in in Resogun. Um, yeah yeah Resogun's the only one of their games i've ever really played to any great degree i've played a little bit of um um dead nation uh, i haven't played any alienation yet mm. i do have a copy um yeah i mean stylistically there's there's quite a lot of similarities between that and Resigun, like it's side scrolling, the enemies seem to have like sort of formation patterns that you can, mm, mm. you know, play and play again, um, and sort of try to at least in some some degree master it. Because I think in Resigun it was there were patterns but they weren't always it was like partially, you know, procedurally generated. They were like the same patterns coming up again and again, but they wouldn't mm. always be in the same order, I think, if I remember it. Yeah. Right. Um so it looks like maybe it could it could be similar to that and yeah well, the yeah there's that there's and then there's the it looks like there may be some sort of platforming element I think at one point in the the sort of the announcement trailer there's a bit where the uh, the cyber uh, robot protagonist dude creates it's like a, a platform it's a girl to stand I on. think I think is they, it uh, oh the, okay. the press release cool. says it's a girl yeah. Okay, you would not, uh, you'd not tell that from the from the from the actual form of the the protagonist. So that's good news. That's like a, a they haven't made it overtly. Here's the um, here's yeah. I think I think I've anatomy. gotten that right. I'm just double checking that now. Um. So yeah. So he she uh, creates like a platform to stand on, which I'm assuming will be some form of maybe some form of sort of platforming, maybe. But that also reminded me of Outland um, in that sense. And there's a, there's a bit right at the end of the trailer where they use red and blue throughout um, throughout the trailer. Mm. Uh, like the enemies are red, the gun that, that this protagonist is wielding is blue. And then right at the end in the in the logo of the, of the Matterfall uh, logo, the red and the blue kind of come together and form these form this just this bit of the logo. Which really struck a chord with me with Outland because that was very again that was red and blue like there was this big um, sort of uh, well I wouldn't go so far as to say it was symbolism but that was that was one of the mechanics they used with um, the two different colours so I'm I'm wondering if there's going to be anything they're going to do with that uh, although yeah. we're not going to have too long to find out because it's like it's coming out in August so that will be yeah I think August fifteenth it's it's I think it's listed as August fifteenth so it's got a you know. Mm. Proper proper release date, not just Q yes, one, Q yeah. two, whatever. Yeah, which we we maybe we should maybe uh, see if we can can get that and do some some streaming of that. I think that would be interesting. And same goes for House Mark's other game, which is um, actually coming out even sooner than August, which is uh, Next Machina, which is coming out next week, twentieth mm. um, of June. And again, that's a there's that you can see elements of Resogun in that. You can see elements of of dead uh, well alienation dead nation, um, and that's been created in con- in conjunction with um, in collaboration with Eugene Jarvis of yeah. uh, Robotron and and Smash TV fame um, and Defender. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah they've uh, got uh, interesting house mark. They've got a lot of um, 
Yeah, they've got a lot going on. They're just one of those ones like, you know, uh, you know, I haven't played their games a huge amount apart from Resigun, but everything that they do just, you know, it just feels like it's just high quality. Like it's it's mm. always like quality. Mm. It's always like really precise. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so there's there's that. I don't know if Next Machina is co-op. I've not actually uh, looked into that. I don't know if you can play it help. I know it's it's like a score attack. Um, Pretty sure it is. Yeah, it so, is. I've just yeah. double-checked. Yeah, it okay, is. Okay, cool. So maybe, yeah, we should maybe check that out. Um, and then... Oh, Along the well, it's not a co-op game, but it is definitely a two-player game. There's uh, Nidhogg Two has been <laughs> yeah. caught my eye, and I that <laughs> I, I can't watch a video of Nidhogg or Nidhogg Two without without laughing. It is just there's something yeah. inherently funny about it, and I I think it's one of those games that when it's played well, played by two people that know what they're doing, it's incredibly impressive. And when it's played by two people that are just are kind of a bit inept or don't really know what they're doing. It just looks really amusing, and uh, and Nidhogg two even more so than the original because they've added kind of a lot more character to the um, to the two uh, sword fighters. Um, yeah, well, just the visuals in general are way more elaborate than mm. like the backgrounds are way more elaborate, and there's way more like animation going on as mm. well. Like the two main characters, I'm just looking at a picture of it now, or, or the one main character, the the one main character model that's got. Yeah, yeah, different different colours for yeah. for different players. Um, it's almost got like a kind of a pixel, and this is maybe a bit a bit of an odd sort of um, way to describe it. But it's all, it almost looks like a pixelated version of remember Clay Fighter. Like it almost looks like that, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like the characters kind of move in that kind of like wobbly yeah, sort of way. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I was thinking they look a bit like they've come straight from the set of Sesame Street or something like that. They have that sort of puppet feel to them. They they their joints are all sort of quite loose and they just flop around the level and uh, yeah yeah. Well, well, they kind of look like Homer Simpson as well. They've got the two big eyes yeah. and then the bald head yeah. and they're kind of like a bit round in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, I mean we you know we spoke to to mess off didn't we a couple of well I don't know when it was a little while ago a, couple, mm. a year and a half ago a couple of years ago about Nidhogg and I think there was there I mean they certainly didn't talk about uh, Nidhogg 2 at that point but there was there was certainly a sense that that there could be more polish applied to Nidhogg I think there was a few mm. things they would have liked to have done a bit more of and, and they talked about spending a lot of time getting the the net code sorted out for the two player and I think that kind of consumed a, a certain amount of development time um, and so this is yeah, I mean, I, I've not seen enough of Nidhogg 2 to be, be able to say how much of an evolution it is. I know there are different weapons in it, and the weapons apparently cycle through. So each time you die, you get a new, oh, weapon, a, a okay. new weapon of the four different weapons that there are. Um, yeah, I think there's like a bow and arrow, which could yeah. pretty significantly change the pace the pace of the game as yeah, definitely in the first game. Well, that was the thing, with, I think, with the first game, that often you could find yourself kind of chasing the other person. Um, and you could do things like you could just stand still, and if you went out of the screen, you would then respawn 
in front of them if they had enough screen left for you to respawn in front of them. So there was mm. sort of some some deliberate. I mean, they were that wasn't a that wasn't like a glitch or a bug or anything. That was a deliberate part yeah. of the design. But um, it'd be interesting to see how they've how that is affected or how the weapons affect that or how that is affected by the weapons one way or the other. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's yeah. the kind of thing with Nidhogg, isn't it? Like you're not. Uh, I mean, we can talk about all these. The visuals look nice and more elaborate and stuff, but not really going to know how good it is or how much of an advancement or sort of diversification or whatever mm. it is from mm. the first game until you know it's one of those games you have to like sit down and play for quite a while before you understand really those little nuances and yeah. how even the most sort of sort of discreet change actually alters yeah. stuff quite significantly over the long term and certainly for like the players that are good that can take advantage of those things yeah um, absolutely yeah yeah, I think there's, um, but yeah, it does. It just makes me smile to look at it, and they, you know, they they are goofy characters, and they do the way they kind of stamp on each other, and there's the sound effects again are just hilarious, like these funny sort of half scream, half sort of uh, comedy um, wailing that the characters do when they get when they get stabbed or stamped on. It's just yeah, it's just one of those games that uh, it generally just makes me smile, and I think the the overhaul of the visuals would just kind of in, in Enhance that effect. So, yeah. Um, and there's going to be more. Apparently, there's going to be quite a few more levels. I think it's it's going to start with ten levels or something, whereas the original only had four. Um, so there will be you know a bit more variation. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it might add add some longevity to it. Maybe I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I'm just looking actually at the artist. The art is done by a guy called Toby Dixon, and his um, Tumblr has. Mm. A bunch of pixel art, some of which is from Nidhogg too, like backgrounds and stuff. And he does actually do claymation stuff here. There's stop motion stuff that he's done <laughs> out of clay. Oh, there you go. What do you know? He's so, brought the clay to life. Yeah. Um, it's quite good, actually. Yeah, that's quite a nice... Um, yeah, that's no, interesting designs. It's very... Yeah, I mean, the stuff here is very different to Nid- Nidhogg one. Mm, mm. Yeah, well, that's that actually provides uh, a an amazingly slick segue into uh, talking about the next game, which is from the company called Clay. That I only recently found that out. I thought it was pronounced either Clay or Clee. I didn't actually know. I've been, I've been apparently saying Clee. Yeah. Apparently, it's it's Clay rhymes with play. Is the uh, Mm. is the general consensus or i say general consensus i think that's actually what it says on their twitter but you know that's a (laughs) fairly definitive um so they have a game coming out so this is clay is the the developer that did things like mark of the ninja and they did shank and they did uh what else did they do Uh, don't starve don't starve Mm. and invisible ink um Mm. uh, of those actually don't starve is the only one i haven't really played uh but the yeah that's the only one i have really played a lot oh, okay well there you go Happy, that's why we work so well together that's just we dovetail that's really nice yes. but invisible so invisible ink uh shank and mark of the ninja all share a similar graphical style with this new game um griftlands griftlands um mm. and it does it's not a huge amount i've not really seen a huge amount of it yet but that's a bit like housemark they're another developer that i've kind of i've always got time to have a, a proper look at what they're doing because yeah. i just i find them quite an interesting an interesting developer um yeah well i've always got a lot of time for it because they've all i mean 
when I say I've only really played Don't Starve like significantly, I have played the other games as well, just not not so much. And mm. again, a bit like Housemark, like they're very precise. Like they don't their games seem to be always incredibly well thought through on a mechanical mm. level. Like there's not mm. much sort of fluff or slack in the um in the interactions and the and like the relationships between you know the player and the game like the game yeah, yeah. it's always it's always quite you know it's focused isn't the right words um in the sense of it being like sort of narrow in the mechanics but all the mechanics you know feed into each other to create this very yeah, focused absolutely sort of yeah. sense yeah they're very kind of consistent aren't they like they're very each, each part does yeah like you say it feeds into another part it it does what it needs to do like there isn't a lot of just disparate elements in their games there's all this stuff Mm. that feeds into each other um be it mechanics or whatever it might be and it's yeah so it'd be interesting to see um yeah well yeah and this is i mean another thing i like about them as well is that they don't just sit on their laurels like they Mm. they they do very different kinds of games each time Mm. Uh, like mark and a ninja is very different to don't starve and that's very Mm. different Mm. to invisible ink and and this uh, Grifflands, um, uh, you know, is a big. Well, I don't know if it's big, but it's an it's an RPG, and they're Claire using the tagline "Everything is negotiable." Mm. Um, so you know, you infer from that that um, uh, while they state everything is is negotiable, and from money to morals to loyalty, yeah, so, yeah. You, know, you can read into that that you know there's going to be sort of choice and consequences and possibly you know your your actions um, yeah will and that's a different yeah d- yeah absolutely a different kind of scenario for the game and that's something they haven't they haven't done like you said they do do mm. different things they haven't done uh i mean mark of the ninja had a little bit of kind of uh, well it had a it had a story for sure but it had a little it didn't really have any like um dialogue choices and shank certainly didn't and uh, yeah, uh, invisible well, ink I mean, was maybe a bit more like that, perhaps. But yeah, and don't don't starve. You 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 define your own story, but you divide you define it in a much more abstracted way. It's not like dialogue choices. It's mm. it's a procedurally generated world in which you have to survive. So the story of your survival character mm. um, as you work to not starve and um, as the seasons change. Um, I mean, there's a story there, but it's a story, you know, in that kind of roguelike uh, interaction kind of yeah, yeah. consequences way rather than actual avert narrative sort of pathways that you're going to go down. Mm. Um, so it'd be yeah. interesting to see how they handle this because this game looks like it's got a lot of dialogue and dialogue isn't... Yeah, Invisible Wink has some, but yeah, they, they, it doesn't have a huge amount. And this one looks like it's got... I mean, there are some screenshots being released and, you know, there are multiple dialogue options, not just one or two. There's yeah. like three or yeah. four. Um, yeah, and I think it'll yeah, be interesting to see how they... I, I'd, I'd like to see a kind of a cross between what they've done before and maybe some influences or, or some some flavour from something like the Banner Saga kind of creep in there as well, where it's like the... It's not just... You know, you you can say the same thing in three different ways. It's like actually, you can pick a, a choice that will dr- drastically change your game and mm. and, will, and will affect who you have available going forward and and 
Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of thing. So, and I think it may be, I think it's maybe turn-based combat by the looks of it, which Invisible Ink was. Mark of the Ninja wasn't, obviously. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested yeah. in that. The art, the art style looks quite nice as well. Certainly, like, the character designs. It's got... Um, it kind of looks a little bit like Don't Star, but it's closer to something like the Banner Saga. But mm. the Banner Saga crossed with reminds me of um, Cowboy Bebop, the anime show from okay. like, the, the late nineties. It's got, got that kind of like retro futuristic look, almost like that. Right. Yeah. Almost like Final Fantasy VII. You know, like it's yeah, in the yeah. it's in the future, but they still haven't even gone to outer space. And yeah. Or, you know, some some of it's yeah. retro, some of it's futuristic, but. It looks like it looks like that kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that'd be be interesting to see that one. Um, and what else has uh, there been? Um, there's uh, there's a bunch of Devolver stuff. Um, some quite sort of <laughs> there's a lot of contrast between the Devolver stuff as well, like uh, Ruiner and. It's called Sword of Ditto, I believe. Is uh, like they're two, the two sort of made swords of Ditto, and mm. the two kind of um, the two sort of highest profile games. I suppose they showed Ruiner. We've known about for a little while. Um, swords of Ditto was just announced just before um, E3, and it's Swords of Ditto is kind of like a. I suppose it's a roguelike, although they, they, I think they've been careful not to use that term. But right, it's yeah. um, it's a sort of is- isometric um, co-op, although you can play single player. Uh, sort of melee, sort of beat 'em up um, mm. uh, action combat game, I suppose. And and you go through, and you when you die. You, your offspring, or someone that remembers you, um, takes over, and then you play that character. So, and then the con- the choices that you've made in the previous life follow over and like influence apparently how like the characters and stuff interact with you okay. in the next one. Yeah. So it's got a little yeah. bit of that like rogue legacy thing, but it looks mm. it looks more like a kind of a Zelda game with kind of like more overtly cartoony sort of graphics. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that looks decent. And then Ruiner is visually and and in terms of gameplay, it's like completely the other end of the spectrum from that. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very deep dark reds and blacks and um, this sort of dystopian world of um, uh, well, it's another top down shooter, I suppose. Like, um, well, no, that is what it is. Like, like um, Next Machina as well. So yeah. Top-down yeah, shooters ne- seem to be. Yeah, next Machina from the from the little I've seen of the two of them, next Machina looks like it's it's much more kind of score attack based. Although you are obviously attacking enemies, yeah. it looks like it's that kind of a, a bit like Resogun. It's that sort of keep the chain going. It's that yeah. sort of thing. Um, although yeah. I know Ruiner also seems to have like a chain based um, combat thing, a bit like you know Hotline Miami and and many many other games. Um, but yeah, yeah that, it looks more. It does, like you say, it looks darker. Ruiner looks sort of more like a cross between, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like Running Man and The Purge or something. Yeah, something like that. It's yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, Next Machina looks much, much faster than Ruiner. Mm, mm. Um, it's more like Twitch combat-y focus, whereas Ruiner 
seems to be. I mean, it, I don't know. It might, it might as as the game gets as progresses, it might get harder and harder and harder and faster mm. and faster. But it seems to be more about kind of making um, like the trailer that they showed just went through like what some of the different weapons can do, and you've got this like shield sort of mm. dash thing. Mm. Um, which is the same course. It, it seems to work in the same way as Enter the Gungeon, um, in that you do a roll and that's a dodge, but it also, if you go through bullets while rolling, you don't get hurt mm. by them. Yeah. Um, it's got that, so it seems to be more about kind of working out which tool you've got to use in a certain place, whereas Next mm-hmm. Machina just seems to be more, um, you know, it's more like keeping that sort of flow, that sort mm. of staying in the zone, going and going and going. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like the the look of Ruin. Like it promises that there's like a story and stuff. I don't know how that like a, like you know not just a story and stuff, but it promises that story is a big part of um, yeah the overall sort of vibe. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how that's presented. If it's like environmental, or if it's just cutscenes or text between missions. If the main character has. Um, has like a lot to say or do in mm. terms of interacting. I think with... from the look like a gleam from the from the website on that note, it look. I, th- I think it's something to do with your uh, the protagonist's brother has been taken or killed or something by these uh, this bunch of miscreants that you are then sort of shown to be laying waste to. So I think there's like mm. a, a, a that sort of personal tie to it. Um, but yeah, it does. It does look interesting. The art is pretty cool. I like the some of the um, like the still art, the concept art, but just also mm. the, the actual art from the like when somebody's talking, it has like a a sort of painterly, hand drawn yeah. feel, which contrasts quite well with the the sort of slick uh, cyber sci fi sort of aesthetic. It's quite a nice uh, nice mix. Yeah, no, some of the concept art looks amazing. It's very like. Um, some of the robots and the um, like buildings and stuff is very it's very like anime. It's very like Ghost mm. in the Shell, mm-hmm. or Akira, that that sort of stuff. It's very um, mm. it's like crisp like lines, but you know, very sort of distorted, kind of oppressive kind of machines. Like it's yeah, um, it's yeah. got a good mix and yeah, like that studio. Um, it's made by Rikon or Recon. Um, R-E-I-K-O-N games in Poland and um, this, this is their first game that the studio was founded at the end of 2014 but it's um, I mean some of the games that they've worked on between them is um, there's four of them? Yeah there's four there's four guys but between them they've worked on Witcher 1, 2 and 3, Dead Island Dying Light uh, Shadow Warrior, Anomaly, This War of Mine, Hard Reset, Cyberpunk 2077. So, I mean, you know, they've yeah, got... they've got they've form, got, definitely. Yeah, if they can, if they can continue yeah. that, then, um, you know... It's, um, yeah, well, hopefully there'll be... I'm looking for sort of some sort of slightly dark humour in it as well. I don't, I'm hoping it's not just like, yeah, I'm a really cool kind of badass... Yeah, know, definitely. Blade-wielding yeah. killer, but... That's kind of you know, Devolver does that that well, and many of the games you just mentioned have kind of that that slight edge to them as well. So hopefully mm. that um, that will be seen here as well. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Um, um, Ori in the Blind Forest sequel. 
Um, yeah, see, I know. I mean, this is meant to be, you know, this is an amazing game. I think for a while after Xbox One, soon after Xbox One came out, it was the original Ori and the Blind Forest was the highest rated Xbox exclusive game on the platform. Um, and that was around the time that, you know, kind of in the same way that Resogun was was raved about. I don't know if it was one of the highest rated, but it was certainly raved about when yeah. PS4 came out. And it was kind of that time when... There was a real focus, a real um, spotlight on on these indie developers. I, but having said all that, I've not actually played Ori and the Blind Forest, so I don't know. I kind of don't know what I mean. It looks lovely. I just I've not actually ever got around to playing it, so I don't. Yeah, um, it's um, yeah. I played it all the way through. Um, like, oh, I played it all the way through once. I've I've have dipped in and out of it since then, but I haven't gone through it completely a second time. It's. Um, well, it's a Metroidvania game, I suppose, to use to use mm. the jargon. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's mm. a huge it's a huge sort of side scrolling map with multiple layers and huge things to explore to the east of where you start, huge things to explore to the west um, from where you start. And there's bosses littered around here, and it's sort of um, the, the the pacing of the game is locked from things you have to find that then mm. or do that then yeah. open up certain gateways that you couldn't go through originally and you're encouraged to go back and forward to different things and um so it's not in 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 i mean there are some detailed game mechanics certainly in the combat that are, that are quite interesting but on a on a sort of overall level it's not necessarily groundbreaking in in its sort of I mean, it's a very, it's very much a genre kind of game. Mm. Um, it's grounded in that Metroidvania genre, but it's just so. It's it just does everything that it tries to do really nicely. Like pretty mm. much everything works, and the visual style is really, really, really nice. It's got that sort of painterly feel, and it's not as sort of. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's not sort of like comic book nerdy as most Metroidvania games are. You don't play mm. this like stunningly powerful amazing human or monster or whatever trying to just be a badass and like kill someone or get revenge or whatever it's a more like you know the the two characters the two main characters have a kind of relationship that that grows and and that's what really draws you through or that's what drew me through the game anyway Mm, more so mm. than more so than the exploration and stuff although the exploration is nice simply to see what the new environments look like because because the visuals are really nice Mm. um and yeah the trailer in the um the new game the the sequel is called ori and the will of the wisps and i'm not sure it doesn't come out till next year summer next year which would be over three years since Ori and the Blind Forest came out so they've had plenty of time to actually make a, a true sequel rather than just sort of rush out a, yeah, a sort of derivative yeah. kind of release yeah uh, it's not like oh well, that went really well let's uh, <clears throat> let's put another one of those out super quick so yeah hopefully it will be yeah and a bit more there. yeah the trailer plays on the same kind of emotions as well like and you know, it's a very it's a, it's a sad and sombre trailer. The music's quite kind of mellow and and melodramatic as well. And uh, mm. there's soft lighting everywhere, and there's sort of whimsical frog creatures and purple owls, and there's an underwater, there's um, yeah, giant spider underwater, which suggests there might be underwater environments. And uh, yeah, I mean, it looks it looks 
like more of the same game on a sort of tonal level but given that they've they would have had over three years to work on it by the time it comes out you know it should be some interesting kind of gameplay mm. advancements and new additions as well um i hope you'd hope there would be anyway yeah yeah well they like you say it's, it's got a while to go yet as well so we'll see um how that how that comes together the uh, one of the games which I don't even know honestly if it's actually at um, E3 in terms of as a big presence but I I know that it's coming soon and I'm actually quite looking forward to it so I'm going to mention it anyway is uh, Steamworld Dig 2 mm. um, which currently I believe is a Nintendo Switch exclusive which is a oh, almost, right. almost kind of makes it notable um, in and of itself just to, to have that kind of status but that's that the reason i've just thought of that is because it is a game i'm looking forward to a lot but it is a game that looks very much like it does more of the same um so kind of mm. like you mentioned ori there that, that may or may not do that but and i was just thinking then well that for me with that particular game i'd be quite happy to have more of the same of that it's that i guess it's that thing that of course not every sequel is going to be or should be particularly innovative sometimes it's enough to refine and and improve on what's gone before but that the fact that that's going to be because i played the original one of that i think it was on ps4 and vita but i played it on vita i think almost exclusively because it just to me felt very much like a handheld game and so the sequel being on switch kind of makes perfect sense to me um sadly probably isn't going to make it to vita because not a lot is (laughs) But, uh, there are some it's... some things. Undertale has just been announced for Vita. Oh, was it? That was over at E3. Yeah. So the occasional, the occasional okay. interesting games still. Coming. Yeah. Well, I think that that may be by virtue of um, a lot of games now come to like PS4 and they are cross buy and cross play with Vita, which helps. I think it just kind of keeps the platform treading water. Um, but yes, so Steamworld Dig to. Looking forward to that. I think it will probably, probably very much be more of the same. But it, mm. there's a thing for me that like it feels like it will fit the Switch hardware really well. And there's yeah. something about that. There's certain games that have come out that I've thought, well, do you know what? I that for me is a is a handheld game. Like I really want to wait. Like when I heard that Darkest Dungeon, um, well, that was out on PC for a while, and then I heard it was coming out on Vita. I thought, well, actually, I'm going to wait and get it on Vita because there's just something about it that for me mm. really fits the the hardware that I'm more likely to sit and play it, um, be it, you know, on the sofa or on the train or in bed or whatever, than I am to sit and play it at my PC, sort of sat up at a, at a desk planning. So there's, yeah, there's, I don't know kind of what that, uh, what in particular that is for me, but there's certain games that, that really work like that. And, and yeah. you know, SteamWorld Dig 2 is, I mean, is definitely one of them. Yeah, I don't know a huge amount about SteamWorld, to be honest. So I'm not really sure, but certainly... Darkest Dungeon, I would have played that on Vita a lot, mm. um, but before it came out on Vita, I'd already played it. I, I I had it in early access from a week or two after it got released on early access on, on PC, and I put in, I don't know, 150 or 200 mm. hours into that game on PC, and I'm not playing anymore. I'm not, yeah. you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a stressful game. I'm not, yeah. I, I, I think I've probably had my fill of that, at least for the next year or so. Yeah. Well, they are also releasing an expansion for it. Um, I don't know if that's, I think it might only be coming to PC. I don't know. I could be completely wrong about that, but they're definitely releasing an expansion for it, which I think is called The Crimson Court, uh, which is right. coming out, which you, 
I believe you do definitely need the base game to play. It's not like a standalone thing. Um, so I'll probably dip back in and sort of have a look <coughs> and, and see when that mm. comes out. But yeah, uh, Salt and Sanctuary is another one, um, which for me was I've waited for a very long time to play that on Vita, uh, which was sort of the 2D Dark Souls inspired game, um, yes. which is, is really, really very, very good. Uh, but that for me was a sort of a must buy on beta uh, beta on vita as well mm. rather than ps4 so mm-hmm. yeah so have we got anything else um, um i mean that's all the big games or, 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 or yeah yeah uh, the, the bigger of the games there's there's one other game that i've been um quite impressed by which is, supposedly it's only an hour long. It's on PC and iOS. It's called Donut County. Mm. It's by a guy called um, Ben Esposito, who's worked on a bunch of games um, in various in various sort of um, roles. Um, he's, he worked on Unfinished Swan and What Remains of Edith Finch. Okay. Um, um, who we've just... We've got yeah, a recent topical. Podcast, yep. Yeah, got a recent podcast episode with... with um, Ian the creators of those yeah. guys, yeah. yeah. Um, so you can go and listen to that. But um, yeah, anyway. So he, he works. He's he's um, sort of freelance, but he he's worked on various games. Those those are the biggest ones. But he's got a game that he's made himself called Donut County coming out, and um, it's kind of like a reverse kind of Katamari game, I suppose. Like you know, the Katamari games, you got to roll a ball around and make it bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger, and you need to make it the same size as something else in order to to pick up the bigger stuff. Um, so this is a game where you there's a community called Donut County and there's this mysterious hole in the floor that keeps like sucking up people's possessions and houses and stuff and you control the hole and the hole starts really small and then you can only put the small things in it but then as you put stuff in the hole the hole grows and grows and grows and grows and grows until you're taking up the whole the whole town basically (laughs) Um, and then it's got this like story bit where people who have been like sucked into the hole are like telling these sort of fables these like folk tales about how how they think this thing's happened and each person has got like a different view of what the hole is what it is it a god is it like a sign from this is it this Mm -hmm. sort of um tectonic event um and yeah i mean it just looks really Intro, you know, it's not like a, a huge game. I say it's only about an hour long, supposedly, but it's just like a neat sort of mechanical idea. I mean, there's yeah. only one idea, but like the fact that it's got like the little, the little sort of narrative wrapped around it makes it seem quite interesting. And it's also ripe for, you know, innuendo. It's you know, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna try to stuff this in my hole, and God, can yeah. you? <laughs> You know, I can see the why, I can why, see the strap lines now on all the articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get that out of my holes and all this. Stuff. Yeah, cram yeah. this in your hole. Yeah. So if Definitely. only for that reason. I, yeah. I want to well, it's kind of. I'm just watching the trailer now, and it's kind of a. It depends how uh, how I guess how deep you want to be about it, but there is is that kind of you know we just in video games we destroy a lot of stuff, and usually that's with typically that's with a weapon or a gun or whatever mm. it might be, and this is kind of the. Uh, it's kind of like destroying stuff just from the absence of stuff. You just you you just put this hole underneath something, and then it's gone. And like, there's no there's no um, sort of big explosion. There's no anything. It's just yeah, things fall into it. And there's a whole mountain I've just seen disappear in the trailer. So it's 
Yeah, I don't know that it's meant to be any sort of uh, commentary on that, but it's it's kind of a, a different take on a much gentler and much more charming, by the looks of it, take on uh, on mass destruction, which is yeah a common video game theme. Yeah, yeah. Well, the doing stuff or the games that, that's an interesting um, sort of point because there's that there's that sort of uh, there's that sort of brain teaser, I suppose you could call it that sort of um, that that conflicting idea of. What is a whole? Is is a whole a thing, mm. or is it an, yeah, absence an absence of a yeah. thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm. don't don't expect that game to, <laughs> don't <expect laughs> to answer that question definitively. <laughs> Just play it and have fun. That's it. Yeah. That's that's all you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm sure there are many many others. Um, however, that's and we can probably do another another one of these these types of episodes in a couple of weeks maybe or something like that once we've had a chance to digest a lot of the mm. the other stuff that's come out of e3 um but yeah i think yeah. i mean it, it's it's this is one of the few we did our we did our sort of special podcast episode for our to look back at the first 10 episodes didn't we and we also talked about the patreon on there um mm. and do check us out patreon.com forward slash indie by design uh but yeah, I think we're going to try and do some more episodes like this. Try and just kind of get together a bit more often and just chat through some stuff. Um, so, yeah, on those lines, I guess if anybody, if there's anything in particular, people on Twitter or Facebook or Patreon or via our website or anywhere else would like to uh, like to contribute, like us to to chat about, then drop us yeah. a line and we'll try and take a look at it. Um, yeah, all of our social media channels are at Indie by Design, so... Yeah, nice um, and easy. Yeah, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, Patreon, everything is... Uh, and our website as well, everything mm. is just at Indie by Design now. Didn't used to be, but it is. Yeah, yeah we uh, <laughs> we bought up the names at huge expense. No, we didn't. They were just <laughs> yeah. available, so that was, that was quite handy. Uh, yeah, and our YouTube channel actually is worth having a look at in terms of the the indie game side of actually viewing games rather than just hearing us talk about them because we've got a couple of streams on there. We've got a couple of recorded videos on there. Um, I think Dead Cells is one of them and Serious Sam's Bogus Detour is another one. Um, Edith Finch, What Remains of Edith Finch mm. and Gone Home. And yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff on there, so... Go and have a look at that if you've got uh, a spare 10 minutes or three hours. That's plenty of content on there to have a look at. Um, mm. Cool. Okay, so I guess uh, what's really left to say is we will, yeah, we'll be back again with another episode like this in the future, but we will be resuming or continuing the uh, usual Wednesday releases of our podcasts where one of us sits down with a game developer or designer somebody involved in the creation of games and we chat to them and, and those episodes come out every wednesday and there's extra content for those some a lot of those episodes going up on our patreon page so check that out as well awesome okay that's enough spiel um cool so yeah we'll leave it there and we will catch everybody next time yeah catch you there